This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV. Hello, thanks for joining us for this segment on human trafficking. My name is Allie Martinez. I'm the chair of the Mid-Michigan Human Trafficking Task Force, and I'm joined today by Sheriff Myron Green from Midland County. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. Thanks, thanks for having me here. Good. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself um, and your background at the Midland uh, Sheriff's Department? Uh, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> sure. Um, as we said, uh, Myron Green. Uh, I've been in law enforcement for about 29 years. I was born and raised here in Midland County. I've worked for large agencies um, down in Oakland County to small yeah. agencies up in Clare County. Okay. And then I've been with the Sheriff's Office for a total of about 28 years. So. Okay. That's excellent. Yeah. So with that experience in mind, um, what do you think of when we say human trafficking? Um, well, you know, when I used to first hear this term come about, um, mm -hmm. you know, just like everybody else, I think we thought of uh, a shipping container down in the port in yeah. Miami somewhere full of victims. Yeah. Um, but, you know, through my experience in law enforcement and now that it's becoming more um, publicly talked about, um, a lot of the people that I think of or the, the victims that I think of when we think of human trafficking are people that are um, like homeless, battling addiction, um, alcoholism, or um, some type of abuse situation. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because we do so often think of like international type stuff, someone right. coming over the border or someone, you know, swimming um, into Florida, right? We don't always think about how it's affecting our own communities. Um, and, and we still to this day with all of the border relations um, have this image of people coming over in trucks because that's still what happens, right? right? right. Um, and so when we think about those dynamics, uh, so what is, what is, what do you as law enforcement, what do you train your officers um, to look for as indicators? Well, certainly we look at the, the population that's most vulnerable. Okay. Um, and as I mentioned a second ago, um, those that are uh, homeless, battling addictions, in abusive relationships, yeah. um, or uh, controlling relationships. And so things like that are what we look for. Okay. Um, has, uh, have your, has your office, have your officers been trained on human trafficking? Uh, well, before I took office, I know that I attended a, a training just out in the public at one of our local churches. Um, I believe it was through the Abolitionist Project. Oh, yeah. And so I uh, attended a seminar, uh, um, a program on that. And um, I know that our school resource deputies, uh, they touch on that during their training. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they're, um, you know, the kids that they deal with, and they're trained on uh, what things to look for. Um, that, you know, that might key them off that they could be involved in a situation that's not healthy for them. Um, and then uh, our detectives, um, you know, they would handle our human trafficking type complaints on follow-up and then um, attend uh, different seminars or trainings yeah. on that as well. 
Yeah. So you said, uh, particularly with school resource officers and working with youth, um, and you've kind of already talked a little bit about some of the indicators with homelessness and in abusive relationships, but could you give maybe some examples of things that a, a school resource officer might be looking for with a youth subject? Oh, sure. Um, definitely, if there's a drastic and recent change in behavior or their attitudes, um, if they stop coming to school, um, if they exhibit any signs of like physical abuse, um, whether it be um, outwardly, you know, bruises, yeah. uh, injuries, um, but just signs of neglect, um, not being taken care of, not getting medical care, uh, things like that. Yeah, and it's probably excellent to have them in the school to be able to notice those changes with it the is. youth rather than just this one-time um, incident that your law enforcement may be encountered when they go out on a call. So how does that look different for law enforcement going out on a call, maybe going to a home where a domestic situation is happening? What are some examples of things they would look for? Um, I think they would look for the same things, mm -hmm. um, but also when you're dealing with a, a domestic violence type situation out in a home, you don't have the close relationships that the, the deputies do in the schools. Yeah. So they get to know them on a personal level uh, throughout every day seeing them. So they would notice, you know, changes in their, their behavior, lifestyle, um, physical appearance, stuff like that. Um, but in a situation where we respond to a home, uh, certainly we would look at, you know, the, the surroundings themselves to make sure there's enough food, um, uh, water, you know, yeah. things to drink. Um, electricity and clothing um, and things like that. Yeah, definitely. Just the, the normal signs of life, right? right? Is life happening how you would expect it to be happening in this particular situation, right? right? Yep. Um, and so let's say that they do identify someone that they, they do think could potentially be in a situation. Uh, what happens at that point? Is there like a set of questions that they would ask to get a disclosure? Or, or how do they navigate someone that they, they do think is experiencing trafficking? Um, yeah, anytime that we, I mean, we're always looking for things that just don't look or seem right. Mm -hmm. And so if they discover things through conversation or in an in investigation, um, that would lead them to believe that they were, uh, involved in a situation with human trafficking, trafficking, uh, then they would ask certain questions. Um, you know, sometimes it's very hard for victims to disclose, um, like you said, um, but we do ask certain questions not to lead them, but to give them the opportunity to, to answer. And certainly we don't interview somebody if we suspect they're in a situation like that. We don't uh, interview them in front of the potential offender. Yeah. Um, so we would definitely do that. Yeah, that's definitely a good point, right? right? It's probably not a question that they would answer truthfully or honestly if they think that the person controlling them is, is going to be able to hear that answer. Correct. Um, what, I mean... What would you, what kind of questions would you ask? Um, just certainly if they're being uh, forced to do any type of labor, any type of sexual activity um, against their will. Okay. Yeah. I'm straight to the point, right? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like yeah. it. Let's not beat around the bush here. Uh, um, and so I guess then uh, we already kind of talked about the difference between the youth and the child um, dynamic versus an adult type situation. Um, but how would it be handled differently if it was discovered um, that a youth was experienced, someone, a youth discloses that they're experiencing um, either sex trafficking or labor trafficking? Um, how does it differ in the way that law enforcement would respond? Um, well, children are our future. Yeah. Um, so we definitely have to protect them as best we can. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the ways that we do that is we have different protocols for investigations regarding 
or between adults versus a child. Um, you know, Midland's blessed to have the Child Advocacy Center here locally in Midland. And so if someone does disclose that they've been a victim of, say, sexual activity, um, then we schedule a forensic examination where a trained investigator would interview them. Yeah. Um, and then if appropriate, uh, then they would be referred to um, have uh, a forensic sexual examination done. Um, same or similar procedure for an adult. Uh, however, we don't have the forensic exam uh, in person okay. with, with uh, the Child Advocacy Center. Right. It's just done with an investigator or one of our detectives. Um, and then, again, if it's appropriate, then we would do a sexual assault examination at the hospital. Okay, and so would um, would Child Protective Services be involved with a child case? Oh, ab or? absolutely, yes. Um, I forgot to mention that. We often get referrals uh, from CPS uh, regarding um, allegations of sexual assault. Okay. Um, most often, unfortunately, it's, it's by people that they know rather than a stranger, yeah. and it's not in a situation where it's uh, a human trafficking uh, situation, but certainly it could come in through them and they would be involved in that as well. Right, absolutely. And I'm glad you said that it's most often uh, someone that, that we know because that's a myth that we face in human trafficking is that it's some strange guy kind of lurking who snatches kids up and runs away with them um, and we're not Correct. necessarily teaching people or, or training people to be aware of the, the people in their lives, right? right. Yeah. Right. Um, and so what do you think? Uh, you've worked in big, big uh, departments like Oakland County. You've worked in the tiny ones in Clare. You're here in Midland now. Uh, do you think there is human trafficking in Midland County? Well, I think there's um, no area that's exempt from it. Hmm. Um, a lot of people think that Midland lives in this little bubble and that we don't have the crime uh, that other areas do. We all have the same crime, just on different levels. Yeah. Um, the problem with human trafficking is that, I think you touched on it earlier, is that it doesn't present itself always as human trafficking. It mm -hmm. comes up through a different type of investigation. Um, and, you know, it's, it's an underreported crime. And, again, the victims have to be willing to come forward and, and disclose that it, it's that type of a situation. Yeah. Um, so it could be here. Um, Again, I personally have not seen uh, a legitimate case of human trafficking reported to our office, um, but certainly in the larger areas um, where you have bigger venues um, and bigger things going on in the community and larger populations where it can be hidden, um, then certainly it would be more um, prevalent there. Absolutely. Uh, so if I'm a, a resident of Midland County um, and I see something that I think might be human trafficking, what should I do? Well, certainly uh, 911 is for an emergency type situation. Okay. Um, that and then we will we would handle that on a local level. Yeah. Uh, but at the state level, we also have you know the Department of Health and Human Services, and then as we already talked about, um, CPS or APS, Adult Protective Services, and then on the national level, um, there's the National Human Human Trafficking uh, Hotline that they can. Yeah, excellent. I don't think we touched too much on uh, labor trafficking and how that might differ. I think that uh, we talked a little bit about the indicators that law enforcement might notice in sort of a, a sex trafficking situation with vulnerable youth in particular. Um, but uh, do, do you think there are some signs and indicators that I, as a regular resident, might notice about a labor trafficking situation here in Midland County? You know, again, I think it, something in that situation, again, that would go on behind closed doors. So mm -hmm. It's not, uh, you wouldn't see it out in the public so much. Yeah. But again, it could cause changes in behavior. It could cause changes in a person's appearance. Um, 
and certainly um, it could cause you know a difference in their uh, home life whether they be, have a home to go to or if they don't yeah um, so again you know a lot of these things um, the 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 victims are afraid to get out of the situation because they are provided certain areas that they're needing or wanting in their life mm -hmm. um, again whether it be a roof over their head food to eat um, unfortunately if it's somebody struggling with addiction you know if they're provided drugs or alcohol um, and that's you know it keeps them in uh, the trap yes. of, of uh, human trafficking yeah, it's a manipulative so, process um, that a trafficker is then using to kind of lure them and keep them in. And so I'm so glad right. that you mentioned those indicators. Right. Um, do you have anything else that you want to add um, as we start to wrap up here? I do. Um, I brought a couple of things that I could touch on. You know, so in law enforcement, as we respond to different types of calls, whether it's city, county, state, um, we're required to give victims, and no matter the crime, uh, these victims' rights pamphlets. Excellent. And in the pamphlet, um, you know, I sit on the our local human trafficking task force. Um, and so we just recently added to this pamphlet um, the human trafficking contact information. So now that's in there. So even if we respond to a call for something totally different, um, this is available so that if somebody knows or is involved in human tra trafficking, they can reach out for help in that area. Um, and then, as I touched on a second ago, uh, the national hotline for human trafficking. Yeah. Um, so they can call, they can text, they can chat, and they can submit a tip uh, online through a form at the national website. So they can do that. So there are um, avenues to get uh, help out there. Yeah. And how would submitting a I guess how would submitting a tip on the national hotline, what happens to it then? How do you guys find out about it? Well, they would determine whose jurisdiction uh, would cover it, and then they would contact whichever agency covers that area, and then we would handle the investigation from there. Okay, so that might be if I if I have sort of a sneaking suspicion or that feeling in my gut of like something's not right here, uh, that would be a way for me to still be able to contact it, know it's getting back to law enforcement without having to feel like I'm calling 911 and tying up the line. Right? Correct, yeah. right. And, and um, you know, like you just touched on about calling 911, and I mentioned it earlier, you know, a lot of people think you can't call 911 for for certain things whether uh, that are non-emergency. Mm -hmm. um, you know, 911 is the call center intake for everything, basically. Okay. And, um, you know, there is a non-emergency number that they can look up, um, but it's certainly if it's an emergency, definitely call 911. Or if it's something that you feel might be even an emergency, then you could certainly call 911 as well. Nobody's going to shame you for calling 911. That's excellent because I think that we have had this sort of generational um, expectation that I can't call 911 unless I, it's a true emergency or else I'm going to be in the way of, of someone else's emergency. Right. So I appreciate you um, throwing that out there for, for our viewers to know. Sure. Okay, well, thank you so much uh, for sitting yes. down with us and touching on such an important topic of human trafficking. And uh, we appreciate the work that law enforcement is doing, especially in Midland County, um, to, to spread the word and to make sure that residents uh, know what they're looking for and what to expect. But most importantly, that residents who are experiencing this um, know that they can turn to local law enforcement and that you all know what to expect and how to respond. Um, and so we appreciate our viewers. Thanks for joining us on this segment uh, about human trafficking 
trafficking um, today. And we also want to encourage you to uh, reach out if you have any questions to find local resources. Um, you can always contact the Midland Community, um, or sorry, Midland Sheriff's Department um, and the community resources here. Um, but you can also uh, go to polarisproject.org. Um, they are who run that National Human Trafficking Hotline that we touched on earlier. Um, and you can always visit the Facebook page of the Mid-Michigan Human Trafficking Task Force if you'd like more information as well. Thanks so much. This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV. We hope you enjoy the following presentation.